This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. Glenn Beck, the Blaze Radio Network. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hi there, and Merry Christmas. Doc Thompson, pinch hitting for Glenn Beck again today. Thanks so much for joining me. If you'd like to join the program on Twitter, it's at Doc Thompson Show. We're pretty active on Twitter, even during my morning regular, uh, my, uh, regular morning program on the Blaze Radio Network. Just at Doc Thompson Show if you have any comments. We'll also open up the phone lines in a few minutes because I want to get your take on something. The number is 888-727-BECK. That's 888-727-BECK. A few months ago, the United Nations decided they needed a role model for empowering women. He said, who can we get to empower women? What does, in, what does empowering women mean? What, what if you're a woman or if you could put yourself in a place where you say something, somebody that would represent a strong woman, I guess, right? Empowering, somebody strong. And by strong, we don't necessarily mean physically strong. We need somebody meaning emotionally strong or strong leadership skill, something like this. An accomplished woman, maybe. Maybe somebody in business. Maybe somebody that is very caring. Somebody that does a lot for people. Helps other people. Selfless. What qualities? Any combination of those, right? So what women come to mind? Who could the United Nations use as a role model to empower women? Ah, maybe a strong female leader. Historical figure. You could take any number of women. Um, Margaret Thatcher, Golda Meir. You can take any current world leaders, Angela Merkel. If, I mean, she's, she's an accomplished woman, right? That's a woman who has achieved one of the highest levels of her country. That would make sense. No, no, the United Nations decided to go with Wonder Woman. They figure if you need a role model, somebody that's realistic that girls can get behind, you say, well, that's clearly Wonder Woman, sure. Now, I'm not sure why they went with the DC Universe. I mean, even the DC Universe, they could have gone with Supergirl, they probably didn't because it has girl in the title, and if you've ever been any around harpies, I mean women in your office that tell you you can't call them girls, they're women, so it's probably the woman thing. But why not? So many characters in the Marvel Universe they could have picked. But they went with Wonder Woman, a storied history in American, uh, American uh, literature. Do you call comic books literature? I guess technically. Okay. They said, we're going to go with Wonder Woman. They got behind it. That was just a few months ago. And almost instantly, the backlash came. 
yes, like I said, people probably upset. Why didn't you pick a real woman? Why didn't you pick a Margaret Thatcher or somebody like that, right? Heck, an Eleanor Roosevelt. Not talking politically, whether you agree with their ideas or values, left or right, but strong female leadership. Well, you got to pick any number of those. No. They were upset because they didn't say Wonder Woman was a good representation of women. So they launched a petition saying that the United Nations must get rid of Wonder Woman as a role model for women. Quick side note. If you have this kind of time to concern yourself with who the United Nations is picking as a role model to start a petition, share a petition, sign a petition, then you have a far better life than I do. You have far fewer problems than I do. If you're saying, you know what, this is just outrageous. They picked Wonder Woman. We've got to do something about this. And you start a petition. You know that you have to write the petition. You don't just say, here, sign this. You got to write something. What am I signing? You have far too much time in their hands. The online petition was shared and signed by thousands, tens of thousands of people. Just upset, outrageous. And the argument was, according to the petition, that Wonder Woman was created 75 years ago, yet the original creators may have intended Wonder Woman to represent a strong and independent warrior woman with a feminist message. They say, in reality, it is the the character's current iteration that is causing them trouble. The current iteration being that of a large-breasted white woman of impossible proportions, scantily clad in a shimmery, thigh-bearing bodysuit with an American flag motif and knee-high boots, the epitome of a pinup girl. Now, see, they make that sound like it's a bad thing the way they write that. A large-breasted white woman... They've... Uh, if she was a smaller-breasted white woman, would they be okay with that? If I, if, I, if I just changed that part, if they said, okay, we get it, we've heard you, we're going to make her breasts much smaller. Everything else is going to be the same. So she will be a small-breasted white woman of impossible proportions, scantily clad in a shimmery thigh-bearing bodysuit with an American flag motif and knee-high boots, the epitome of a pinup girl. Would that be okay? Likely not. So my question is, is it all of these things or just one of these things? If you said it's going to be a large-breasted black woman or a large-breasted Asian woman, Indian, would that be okay? If we got rid of the flag motif on her underwear, would that be okay? If it wasn't shimmery, they specifically put shimmery. If she was more clad and less scantily clad, would that be okay? If her proportions were more possible, would that be okay? They're not concerned with the fact that she has superpowers, which are impossible. Forget that. That doesn't matter. It's just her proportions are impossible. We're fine with her being able to lift a truck and have an invisible jet. But her proportions, that's impossible. That's where we draw the line. You might be overlooking a couple of things here. You know that magic lasso? Not real. It's impossible. Just so you know. What part of it are they troubled by? Is it all of it? So what would they create in its stead if you're going to have a fictional character and they were to create one, not taking an existing character? So, well, let's go down the checklist. She would have to have small breasts. That's they started out. They said of a large-breasted, and they cannot have large breasts. Thank you, United Nations. It does not represent women of the world if you have large breasts. I don't know if they can be medium breasts. We just know they can't be large breasts. So, 
Is C considered large? D, what's the cutoff? What's the cup size? A and B are probably good, right? That would not be considered large. C, is that kind of on the cusp? Okay. We'll just, for the sake of argument, say C or less. Can't be a white woman. We know that. I don't know what you would pick, but it can't be a white woman. I would say if you're really struggling to make sure you're including people, you would go to the least populous race on the planet. I don't know what that is. There's a whole lot of Asian people, so it's probably not that. Um, I don't know, Native American or something? That might be too American, though. Eskimo? I don't think that's culturally appropriate word, but an Eskimo, is that? So we know it's not a white woman, likely a very small minority woman. Got it. Um, she has to have possible proportions. What are possible proportions? Well, I would say you look around. We've already got the small or medium breasts. Um, and find what is really common in society. So I'm going like people you see at uh, Sears. Okay, nobody shops at Sears, sorry. Um, Walmart, maybe. You've seen the people of Walmart. People walking down your street in your neighborhood, in your town. People you know. Very common. Okay, that's proportional. So a medium average person you see that is not white. She can't be scantily clad. And based on the description I just gave you, thank God she's not going to be scantily clad. Let's go ahead and cover that up. Okay. Um, She cannot wear things that are shimmery. Do not draw attention to her. Her, uh, She cannot bear her thighs, which that's kind of redundant because we already said cover up. She can't be scantily clad. She cannot have a suit with an American flag. I don't know if it's just the suit or she cannot have the American flag in general. I'm assuming that she cannot be around the American flag at all because that's troubling to the world. Not everybody's an American after all. So would she wear the United Nations flag? So would we replace on her backside, because we're looking at the average women you see out there, the pink across her ass or juicy? We replace that with the United Nations logo. Is that it? Can't be the American flag. And she can't have knee-high boots because these things are the epitome of a pinup girl. This is what they've created. Now, if you are a woman and you're saying, I want a character that empowers women, is that it? Is that the character I just described? Is that the thing as a woman that you're going, someday I'm going to be like her? Average possible proportions. Small to medium breast. Covered up constantly. No knee-high boots. And what is that American flag doing here? Get that out of here. Don't we aspire to be more, sometimes to be the impossible, knowing it's the impossible, but it's a high bar? Well, not when it comes to the United Nations. Not when it comes to these people, these people of this ilk, that would tell you that anything that people draw, create like this, with a positive message, which is the history of many, many superheroes, from Superman and Wonder Woman to many in the Marvel, to fill a void in people's lives, to say... You can be more. You can do more. There are people like you. Children read comic books. Captain America was created to be that American hero during World War II, but no longer. That's all bad. So what would this character fight for if you had it? Is this abortion woman? Is that what this is? Is this redistributive woman? (laughs) I'm just trying to figure out what the message carried forward. Wonder Woman with the American flag motif. 
carried the message of freedom in America. It's not just America. It's the American ideas and principles. Do you feel that these things are in line with what America is? There's another part of this. We are asked to be a part and are a part of the United Nations. We pay for the majority of the United Nations. 22% of their budget comes from me and you, from the taxes we pay pays for the United Nations on top of the land and the protection that they are afforded in America. Why is the United Nations building in America? Where else could they have it where it would be as safe as secure and secure? A country that has founded itself, at least partially, on personal freedoms and communication and expression. Do you think the United Nations represents all of that? If they're telling you that Wonder Woman is now offensive, And what did the United Nations do when they signed this petition and presented it? They backed off and they said, sorry, Wonder Woman, Diana Prince, you are removed from your duties as spokesperson to empower women on behalf of the United Nations. Thanks you for your service. Lo, these three months, we've made a horrible, horrible mistake. See, we should be telling people, whether it's through Wonder Woman or not, this is just an example of the craziness that it's a character created that you say doesn't represent, that there is a high bar. Women put themselves in a competition with other women, as do men with men. We put ourselves in in competition with each other in the workplace, in everything we do. And we're told by some of these people, when it comes to athletics and other things, that competition is good. But the mixed message, in this case, it's not good because uh, women cannot achieve that. You're uh, setting an unreasonable expectation that a woman could actually achieve those proportions when it comes to their body. This is the same nonsense where they say you shouldn't airbrush magazines or alter them. But it's funny, they never say that when it comes to men's magazines. Do you remember the Justin Bieber uh, cover? I don't know which one it was on a couple months ago where they uh, beefed up his pecs, made him a little thinner, put a little more junk downstairs. He was modeling the underwear and made him look a little larger in certain places. They didn't say that's unrealistic expectations of men. I'll never look like that. No, because generally men accept it. This is what it is. It's not men. It's not corporate America. It's not the United States. It's not evil capitalism that's creating the unrealistic expectation for women. It is women that are creating the unrealistic expectation for women. They are in competition with each other primarily. And instead, we would rather have characters and ideas and values that are presented to us by social justice warriors the values they share, that seems like a bit of a fail. Am I wrong, ladies? You're not in competition with each other? Men put the pressure on you. Is that what you're telling me? Because of the magazines and such, and you don't put that same pressure on men? If I'm wrong, then tell me. 888 What am I missing? 888 Because most of this comes from the natural competition that exists In the animal kingdom, between females, where, on a biological level, even though we are more than that, they try to attract mates, and men try to mate. There is a biological component to that. We're going to get to your calls and tweets coming up next. It's 888-900-3393. Doc Thompson on the Glenn Beck Program. Glenn Beck. Want to see Glenn live? If you're coming to Texas, you can. Join us at Mercury Studios in Dallas for a taping of Glenn's television show. To reserve your seat, email tickets at glennbeck.com with your information. That's tickets at glennbeck.com. Mercury. 
Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. Okay, so yesterday we had some fun on the program. We um, we played a uh, parody commercial. It's actually a real product, DNC Trophy. If you go to dnctrophy.com, there's a product up there that'll help you help the people who are really upset, the little snowflakes that are upset about the election. It's a place where you can get a participation trophy for the 2016 election. And we crashed the site yesterday. So we had to go to a different server that can handle the capacity. A lot of people bought them. I mean, we had, I think, 500 in the first 10 minutes or something like that yesterday. So go there. It's uh, dnctrophy.com. That's dnctrophy.com. In the dead of night, a lonely telephone rings. Deep within the lair of solitude. In his parents' basement. Don't judge me. I'm paying off my student loans. When you're at the end of your rope, who's on the other end of the line? Social Justice Warrior here. Social Justice Warrior. Social Justice Warrior. The mild-mannered, politically correct, non-offensive progressive superhero. That's me. Called upon by the oppressed to fight social injustice, income inequality, and occasionally scurvy. Social Justice Warrior. Defender of Progressive Enlightenment. (laughs) Hashtag Social Justice Warrior. Together with my Social Justice League superheroes. The Free Lantern, Taxman and Robin, Hermaphrodite, and Irony Man. (laughs) Tune in next time when we hear Social Justice Warrior say... Feel the burn, baby. Only on the Doc Thompson Show. Don't forget about a straw man and Punisher with a baby. Don't forget about those other part of the Social Justice League of America. Joining us now, line uh, 21. Let's go to the phones. It's 888-727-BECK. I gave you the wrong number. 888-727-BECK. Dell in Ohio. How are you? Hey, uh, ha- Merry Christmas. And how are you doing, Doc? Doing well. Merry Christmas, sir. Uh, you were, uh, had mentioned that you know the U.S. pays so much for the upkeep of the United Nations just to be used, basically. I have a suggestion. Why don't we move it to either Baghdad or Damascus and see how the combination of Sharia law and diplomatic community work out? Tremendous, Dell. That is a wonderful idea. If they so love these countries and believe America has the most um, human rights violations, that America is such a bad place, that they always talk about us first, never North Korea or Iran. You're right. Let's move it to one of those places where they'll be more safe. Great idea. And I, Del, I, I mean, I know you'd be sad to see them leave America, right? Oh, I do. It would just, it would just I, watching my taxes go down would be just a horrible thing. But you'd, you'd be willing to suffer through it to make sure they feel more safe, to make it in a, like I, a safe space in Damascus. I'd bite the bullet. Excellent. Dell, thank you for being a, a good person and being willing to sacrifice that way. Appreciate you joining me. All right, Frank and PA tweeting at Doc Thompson Show on Twitter. 
to represent the widest range of women, shouldn't Wonder Woman have one breast larger than the other? Uh, I've heard that that's the case, that more women do, so maybe. Steve Sexton uh, tweeting, hey, if you're looking for a small-breasted white woman for the UN, I say we consider at Lindsey Graham SC. At Lindsey Graham. Well, that's a good possibility. I don't know how Lindsey identifies. I thought he was a man, Steve, but if you're telling me he identifies differently, I'm not going to argue it in today's world. Now, Bill, who's uh, directing the show today, came to me and said, Doc, I think who you described, the character you described that the United Nations would like to represent somebody to empower all women is Lena Dunham. The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Christmas and happy holidays. Doc Thompson in for Glenn Beck today and tomorrow as well. Thanks so much for listening. Join me on Twitter at Doc Thompson Show or 888-727-BECK if you want to join the program. Speaking of Lena Dunham being this apparently ideal role model or the ideal woman to so many, because she is. I mean, yeah, I mean, wow, you might set your sights a little higher, ladies. I mean, just a little higher. This is like me saying, okay, I got together with the guys and we've picked our role model who we want to be. Michael Moore. That's the guy. I'm going to get the hat. I'm going to get the uh, unwashed, greasy glasses that cover my unwashed, greasy face and the flabs that hang down. And then I'm just going to be a tool all over the place. That's what we've decided is the man. That's who we want to be. That's Lena Dunham, basically. She is a heinous, heinous person. No, I've never met her. I have no desire to. I'm willing to have a conversation with her or anybody, but I'm telling you, it's all, it'll be all for naught. It'll be pointless. She is crazy insane. She's not reasonable. She is delusional. And that's just not me saying it. That's her admitting to delusions. Let me explain why. Lena Dunham was speechifying the other day in a little interview, and they got on the topic of, oh, something she doesn't talk about very often, abortion. She sees abortion as not a a choice, not a struggle that women have and say, well, even if they're pro-abortion, this was a difficult decision. She doesn't see it as some people may have a difference of opinion. She sees abortion, having abortion as a badge of honor. Do you remember the tweet your your abortion hashtag that people had? And there was a woman on YouTube a couple of months ago that um, filmed and put on YouTube her abortion. Now, it wasn't graphic in nature, and it was shot from, like, chest up with the little little pup tent, if you ever go and watch somebody in surgery where you don't see everything going on. 
it was up her head. But the whole time she's like, woohoo, have an abortion. Thumbs up. All right, way to go. And then she's like, see, it was quick and painless. It was wonderful. Have an abortion. It's swell. This is the attitude. It's not a question. It's not a moral question. It's not something people struggle with. There's a lot of people that have had abortions that regret it. Some that don't regret it still say, wow, this was a really difficult decision. It can't be an easy choice if you're forced with this. I would think most people would rather have it not be a difficult decision in their life. She doesn't see it that. She sees it as a badge of honor, as evident by something she said recently when she was speechifying. She said, now, I can say that I still haven't had an abortion, but I wish I had. She wishes she had? This is like saying I've never had my appendix out, but I wish I had. I mean, if you considered a medical, she's the one and other women tell me, Doc, you don't understand. You that are anti-abortion, you hate women, you don't understand what a difficult choice it is and decision. Okay, I do understand it's a difficult decision and choice and can't be fun. Apparently, Lena Dunham doesn't by saying, I wish I had. Or has she already decided? It's not a difficult decision. It's just something good. You know what? I never had my spleen removed, but damn, I wish I had. It sounds so wonderful. Now, let's give her the benefit of the doubt. What could she, in her pro-abortion, agenda-driven world, what could she mean by that? Benefit of the doubt, stretch your mind, what could she mean? That it would give her legitimacy in the abortion argument? That she would be able to identify more with women and say, well, I've been through it too? Well, why would you want that? To commiserate with them? Why? Why would you want to go through something that is, as you've said, is a difficult decision, just so you can commiserate? You can't understand them you're the one telling me i'm the one who has a difficult time understanding people i'm not the i'm the one that is not willing to try to put myself in other people's place because i'm just filled with hate you can't just do that then now after she said this are you ready there were a bunch of women who are pro-abortion who had a bit of a problem with this they objected to it and they went off on her specifically for the reasons i said that you should not trivialize abortion even though they are pro-abortion. And she backpedaled. She bailed. This strong, empowered woman who will not be kept down by anybody, who has strong opinions, who is pro-abortion, who is a leader amongst women, or so she would tell you, said, my words were spoken from sort of a delusional girl persona I often inhabit. Not a delusional a delusional girl persona now i know what that is and she's probably right there's a lot of girls that I know that will often exhibit this delusional girl persona no there's a delusional man persona too so i know what it is however if i or let's say that glenn beck dude went off and kept doing bits on the delusional girl persona. This was one of the go-to bits that he did. And somebody asked Lena Dunham, what do you think about that delusional girl bit that Glenn Beck has been doing? He talks about the delusional girl persona. Do you think Lena Dunham would go, oh, that's so funny because I often inhabit a delusional girl persona. Would she say that? Hell no. She would go off and say, how dare he say that about women? Delusional and girl. What, you're saying women are all delusional? That's what she would say. So once again, do as I say, not as I do. 
In other words, a hypocrite. She then went on to say, it didn't translate, and that's my fault, so she took full responsibility for the mistake. She said, I would never, ever intentionally trivialize the emotional and physical challenges of terminating a pregnancy. No, you did trivialize them and intentionally trivialize them. You would never do it? Well, wait a minute. Did you change your mind on wanting to have, wishing you'd had an abortion? Did you change your mind? If you didn't, then all you did was backpedal on something that you firmly believe, something that is at the core of what you believe. So you got criticism from people and you backpedaled? Is that the strong, empowered woman? You know who wouldn't have backpedaled from that? Wonder Woman, I'm just saying. She would have backpedaled from that. So Lena Dunham is really not that strong after all. She would have stood up to her critics if she was really that strong. She's a hypocrite. Standard. Standard operating procedure. Now, I will offer her one little bit of credit. I understand that likely she has not had an abortion because she has not had the opportunity to have or be with child. I don't know if you know what it takes. (laughs) You're going to have to have... Find some willing guy that's willing to be a father to that child. And wow, I'm sure on some level there's somebody that's hopped up on meth somewhere that might be willing to, but it's still going to be a really narrow needle to thread there. I don't see that's an easy find. Maybe roofies, possibly, possibly roof and all. Let's go to the phones, 888-727-BECK. Let's go to, we got... uh, what is that? Uh, Tyson in Missouri. Tyson, how are you? Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing well. What's going on? I was wondering, what happened to Skip? Because he hasn't been on the radio in a while with you. That is right, Tyson. And I appreciate the question and the comment. Thank you so much. I'll, I'll let you hang up and I'll explain it. Uh, coming up tomorrow morning, I'm regularly heard on the uh, the Morning Blaze. It's the Blaze Radio Network's morning program, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern Time. Find out more about me and listen to podcasts of the program. Just go to theblaze.com and click on channels, and you'll see my channel come up. Uh, you'll see Doc Thompson, or you'll see this face right here, Doc Thompson. Uh, again, theblaze.com, click on channels, look for Doc Thompson. Uh, we've made some changes in the radio network, and most of them, including Skip's, were at the request of the people who have left, including Skip. Um, there were changes that uh, he wanted to make in his life, and while I can't uh, speak to them because I don't have the legal authority to, nor do I want to bother him. It's something personal to him. He gets to. Um, so you can check with him what's personally going on. I'll just say that um, I wish him the best of luck, and um, we, had, we had a great run. So in the future, we're moving forward with some different things on the Blaze Radio Network that I'm going to talk about tomorrow morning on the program about 8.30 Eastern time. I'm going to lay it all out there because we've made some major tech changes on, at, all over the place at Glenn's Network. I'm sure Glenn will talk about some of them in the future as well, and he's talked about some of the struggles in the past. But finally, we have reached a place that we've all been looking to get to for quite a while where we can finally grow and do some really cool things. We've been literally waiting until January 1st, 2017, and it is finally here, thank God. All right, back to the phones we go. Let's go to New York and Rich. You're on the Glenn Beck Program. How are you? Hey, Doc. How are you doing today? Good, sir. 
Uh, yeah, no, I just wanted to uh, to mention, like, everyone is always very confused about what these liberals are talking about. And I'm not a psychologist, but uh, there are certain things in the mind that uh, that we could identify right out of the gate, is that there's this thing called attribution error where or assignment error, where someone assigns a motive to someone's actions, and then they act on that. This is like Lena Dunham, everyone else on the left is like, you say, hey, I think we should secure the border, and they immediately call you a racist. There's um, uh, other things which are escaping my mind at the moment from being on national radio. Sure, but, no uh, it, it, it's all these psychological things. I don't know why a psychologist doesn't step up and say that, uh, uh, that there are uh, information processing shortcuts is another thing. It's like, you know, how do you step on the brake when you're approaching a red light at, at just the right amount of time to stop your car? It's because your mind is calculating all these things and uh, uh, it, it processes information through these shortcuts. And these liberal minds seem to be hardwired to process all information through all of these things that are fallacies. And you add fake news to that. You add an oh, echo yeah. chamber to that. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's, it's no wonder why so many people are outraged because they bought the lies. So everyone's all pissed off at Trump because they bought into their own lies and the lies of everyone else. Rich, that, so you're, I, you're absolutely right. We start now in almost everything we do with uh with the history already being known so we believe in other words lena dunham starts with well we don't know all those people over there are blot dot dot they're racist they're whatever and so does everybody else so they start the conversation at that point never with a oh maybe we've made a mistake on that you know i mean it's just we believe this right and for lena dunham to say i wish i had an abortion just drives home that fact because her mind is so conditioned to think that this is like a good thing or a thing that should be uh, championed, that she wishes she aborted a fetus. I mean, right. that, that that is like the height of some type of psychological disorder that I don't understand <laughs> I why nobody's stepping no, onto the plate and saying it. You know, Rich, I only wish someday I, I get the opportunity to bludgeon man in the street. I, I've always wanted to. You know, I'm pro-bludgeon a man in the street. Someday, maybe I'll get the opportunity, okay? Right, right. I hope I cause a 50-car pileup on the expressway because, you know, I mean, well, we got to Well, good luck. There's always warning, today, right? right? Yeah, exactly, Rich. Thanks for the call, buddy. Appreciate it. More calls coming up in the Glenn Beck program. The number is 888-727-BECK. More coming up next. Glenn Beck program. 888-727-BECK. Mercury. Glenn Beck Program. Don't we now Just shocking that, that somebody would trivialize something as serious as abortion, even though I am not pro-abortion. Um, I find this a difficult issue to discuss rationally with most people because I am willing to be reasonable and rational and hear people out. And maybe there's no clear-cut answer that will completely bring the sides together. But we can, we can make a lot of inroads and make a lot of headway to find some common ground on some parts of it. But we're just unwilling to because of people like Lena Dunham. So if you're pro-abortion and you're following Lena Dunham going, yes, she's out there standing up for women's rights and she's pro-abortion. No, she's not. She's making it into something else. We're not going to be able to have a reasonable discussion as long as you find Lena Dunham reasonable and rational. Cal is spinning the dials for us, radio style in New York City this morning, regularly heard on the morning broadcast with me on the Blaze Radio Network. 
Cal, um, this is pretty troubling, her to say she wishes she would have had an abortion at some point. Or yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, again, I'm, I personally am, am a pro-life person. You know, having a child of my own, I could never imagine you know, uh, terminating a, a life, especially the one that's going to be mine. But not to get too deep into it, everybody's got their opinions, whether you're pro-life or pro-choice. But putting all that aside, just trivializing the fact that there are, th- I mean, what, millions of, of women that can't conceive. There are newlywed couples that want to have children that can't. And flaunting the fact that you want to have an abortion, I think, is extremely insensitive and just really doesn't, doesn't to te- it's, it attests to how much she doesn't think about this or doesn't even, you know, take into account what kind of a gift it is to be able to conceive and to just throw that away. It's just really uh, shocking. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I'm accused all the time of being insensitive if I'm satirical about something. And she's addressing people who are people who are going to be pretty emotional about this because many of them have been faced with that choice or had an abortion. And then other people, like you said, that can't conceive. And she's the one completely insensitive about it. Think about the role reversal here. Doc, you're so insensitive to people, and you just throw this out there? Folks, this is not her being insensitive. Lena Dunham was not being insensitive. She does not think she was, regardless of her little BS apology. She does not. What trumps all else for her is that crazy progressive agenda that she sees that as a badge of honor because that is the ultimate women's empowerment when you can control your reproduction. She's that delusional. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Okay, I shouldn't be shocked. But I'm a little bit shocked. I shouldn't be. I should have learned my lesson over the last eight years. But I'm still a little bit shocked. I knew there was a lot of bad coming in the final days of Obama's administration. I knew it. I knew there was every president, even ones you like, they pardon a bunch of people. They pay off some some old political debts, so to speak, with pardons and little pieces of legislation or executive actions or orders or whatever. Some of that always happens. I get it. And it shouldn't surprise me that Obama is going to do a whole lot of that he's done a whole lot of it during his administration sure but see in the couple of weeks leading up to the election he was fairly quiet i mean he did some campaigning for hillary but still pretty quiet not the traditional really go after people in the republican party people on the right as he has done at other times and i was like okay maybe he's not wanting to be involved in the election a little bit and i was excited that regardless of what was going to happen on election day that he would be gone in just months so i was Okay, good. This guy's going to be gone. Good, good. And then we got caught up in the election. And the couple of weeks after the election, Obama was really kind of quiet. 
he made a couple of things, but really parsing his words to make sure he wasn't like attacking Trump too much or whatever. And during that time, I got lulled into a false sense of security, I guess, that maybe there wasn't going to be a lot of bad in his final couple months. I know I should know better. But I think I was caught up in everything else and was like, well, he's not saying a whole lot. No, they were they were working behind the scenes to screw you up until the second he leaves office. Remember the story about Carter and Reagan where Carter was so worried about his legacy. He wasn't concerned about the the actual Iran host, the Iran hostages. He wasn't concerned about them. He was concerned about his legacy. So up till the last minute, he was on the phone working for their release, talking up until the moment Reagan got sworn in, again, because of his legacy, he wanted to be able to say that he got the hostages free, even though he had 444 days to get it done. It was about legacy. It was about ego, as opposed to actually save people. He could have gone on there, gone into Iran and, and knocked some heads, right? He didn't do it. That's what's going to happen with Obama. Up till the final second of them with the pen and the phone just screwing us over. I offer... Many examples of this. For example, just in the last couple of days, Obama actually used a law that was passed in 1953. And I'm going I'm to dumb this down to kind of make it real simple layman's terms. Law passed in 53 that said the president has the authority to, at times, limit the amount of drilling in waters off of America and it cites certain areas. So Obama used this executive action that said, fine, I will limit drilling uh, off the coast of Alaska, near the Arctic Reserve there, and off the East Coast in the Atlantic from parts of Virginia all the way up the East Coast. I'm just going to go ahead and use my authority under this 1953 law to say that I am going to limit this drilling. Now, normally with executive actions, you say, okay, great, it's going to limit it for the next month until Obama or until uh, Trump comes in, and then he can just rescind it with his executive action. And normally that works, except in this case. Because the law they're referring to is one that only gives the president the power to limit the drilling, not to open it back up. It's a one-way door. You can only go through it. You can't come back through. Now, Congress could, if they actually had the intestinal fortitude to do it, could go ahead and pass a law to change all of that. You could see somebody challenge this. Even President Trump, when he becomes president, you know, challenge this. But if that's the case, it has to navigate the courts. It will be objected to every step of the way by every one of these green nuts. They will throw billions of dollars at stopping this. And the best you can hope for is that it would get passed via the courts in a couple of years. Maybe two, maybe three. And then at that point... They would open it up, and then at that point, they would start the plans to drill. Before they would actually drill, opening it up more would be three, four years, maybe longer. I think that's the short term. If it went through Congress, um, maybe a little bit shorter. It wouldn't be as long as, as going through the courts. But when they open it up, it will be challenged by people on the left, and it'll have to go through the courts. So he screwed you again on the way out. Screwed you again. Think about that audacity. Think about that level of disrespect to the American people as well as the future president. He's saying what I want and my beliefs, regardless of the American people, 
regardless of Congress, regardless of the future president, regardless of future Congresses, I am going to lock this in because I believe it. Aren't you a president of the people? Aren't you governing, at least on some level, to what the people want? No, Obama is not because he is of the belief that he knows better. He is that big central government in a faraway city that knows better than what you know. Incredible. Listen, I get executive action. I get executive authority where they do this stuff. But they know it's going to be undone at times by future presidents. So you don't care the means. It's just the ends. Yeah, that's right. He just cares about the end game. And it's not even officially the end game. It's just going to be a lot more struggles and a lot more attorneys getting paid off. Well, because they're the ones that have to challenge it through the courts. It will be more of a struggle to the U.S. economy. It will put more of a wrench in the works of Obama, of uh, President-elect Trump's energy and economic plans. So it effectively stops all of that. And this is the game that is played. Meanwhile, he and Michelle are, no, no, we're going to help out in any way we can. Smooth transition of power and all of that crap. And he's not interested in that. He also quietly, yesterday, signed an order for a bunch of new government rules and regulations. It will be what um, effectively will cost, if you add them all up, it's, I think, three new rules and regulations for the EPA, more standards that you as a business owner, American citizen, have to reach that says uh, we will limit what you can do with these rules. Um, And I think two with the Interior Department. But anyways, it was five total that will cost me and you and everybody else, the American economy, on the low end, $6 billion. And probably tens of thousands of man hours just to navigate the paperwork and make sure you're in compliance. He's still got a month to go. In total, President Obama has passed more restrictions to the federal government, more red tape, rules and regulations than any president in American history for a grand total estimate, damage, cost to the American people and the economy of $1 trillion and 500,000 man hours to make sure we're in compliance. A trillion dollars and $500,000 to gum up the works even more. And I ask you, how has that worked for eight years? How has that worked? Is the economy great? He, some may even argue it's better. It's better than that fiscal cliff of 20, 2008, Doc. It's better than that. Oh, okay. We had some pretty rough times there. I won't even dispute that. Is it better? Is it good? Are you doing well? Have you had a raise recently? Have you had a raise in the last five years? Can you start a business easily? How's your business doing? You making money? How's your family? How are they doing? Do you have a savings? Are you ready for retirement? Do you have enough money to meet your bills without living an extravagant lifestyle and put away money for savings for your retirement? How's all that working? How about your health care? Your health care costs gone down? None of that. None of that. And yet his solution is, well, on the way out, let me do a little bit more. So what do you think's coming next? What things are coming in the next three weeks? I guarantee you this. In the next couple of weeks leading up to the inauguration, you are going to hear something. I don't even know what it is. I can't, in today's world, I have been shocked and shocked more at virtually everything over the last 8, 10, 15 years. It seems like every day is like, I can't believe it just got that much worse. I can't believe what that person said or did. 
It just seems to get worse and worse. I can't even venture a guess at how outrageous it will be. But I guarantee you in the next couple of weeks, you will hear of some other executive action, like this one that can't be undone easily, or a pardon that takes place, or some damage done to the Oval Office or something that you will be incensed by. And what will really bother you is you won't be able to undo it. But I will remind you the thing that President Obama always says, and that is elections have consequences. And it's funny because President Obama knows that and has admitted that his administration has been bad for the Democrat Party in the down ticket. Everybody lower than him. Every Democrat seat lower than him. Governors, senators. Uh, congressmen, uh, state offices, local offices has been bad. The Democratic Party has been decimated. It really has. Do you remember just a couple years ago when they kept, uh, all the pundits kept telling you how the Republican Party was dead? Well, you may never see another Republican elected ever after all of that. They just kept telling you that? And I was like, number one, they're full of crap. Number two, why would they offer this help? You better change because you're never getting elected with all that hate and stuff and shutting down the government. You'll never... Look at it. Obama has, with his policies and his, he would say, nice attitude toward the lefty, reasonable, sit down and work things out, but is really his antagonistic attitude to people on the right and the Republicans has screwed the party all the way down the ticket. Now, that will not always be the case. But with this stuff and his final actions, sets up the Republicans in two years, as long as there is not something horrible that goes on in the next two years for the Republicans, for them to retain the House, the Senate, and probably pick up more seats at state offices and local as well. Because I expect the economy to do better. There may be a dip at some point. As soon as somebody comes in and changes, it doesn't matter what the changes are. A lot of times there are, because it's volatile and the markets don't like that, some growing pains. It could dip for a while, but I expect in two years it will be up and doing pretty well. It's just going to screw them even more based on what is coming in the next two weeks. There is going to be something like the missing W's from the computers or stealing stuff from Air Force One or some outrageous pardon of somebody who should not be pardoned. And I'm not talking a minor drug offense or somebody like that. Will he try to pardon the illegals? He can't. I mean, legally, it will be thrown out. It's, it really does not apply. But he could try. Would that be the thing? Who knows? 888-727-BECK, 888-727-BECK. Your calls and your tweets coming up. It's at Doc Thompson Show on Twitter next on the Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Christmas. I'm Doc Thompson in for Glenn today and tomorrow. Thanks so much for joining me on Twitter at Doc Thompson Show. And you can join the program or 888-727-BECK. We'll get some of your calls coming up specifically on Twitter. I'm going to need your help with something. I just tweeted out a hashtag that I need your help with. Apparently coming in 2017, Paramount Pictures has decided on what one of their big films is going to be. They're getting behind a project 
from former Vice President Al Gore. He has a follow-up, a sequel to An Inconvenient Truth. Another Inconvenient Truth? What's, what's the sequel to it? So either it's a, another inconvenient truth that has to do with another topic, which I don't think so. I think it still has to do with climate change or the, the fallacy that is climate change. What's the follow-up? That you were wrong? <laughs> I mean, seriously, you lied about the hockey stick? What is it? What, you, you fudged the numbers? I mean, the follow-up is, hey, all that crap we said, it hasn't happened. I mean, you're going to get the the claims of a second ice age from the 70s. Are you going to show all the magazines that predicted we would be living in an ice age right now? You going to do all of that? Those claims went all the way back to the Grover Cleveland administration. So unless you're, I don't think Al's going to be willing to release a film that tells the truth. So wouldn't it be smarter for him to have a prequel? How are you doing that? A prequel, you don't get called on the carpet for it, right? A sequel is going to be like, if you're telling the truth, Al, none of that happened. A prequel, you just go, no, here's what I was thinking kind of leading up to an inconvenient truth. Maybe a making of inconvenient truth. How about that? You could do that. Oh, I know what it'll be. I just got it. It's got it. If it still pushes the climate change myth and it's a, it's a sequel, maybe it's more of a reboot, like the Star Trek reboot, where you're like, wait a minute, none of this happened. No, no. It's a different universe. It's the same characters in an alternate universe, see? So maybe that's what it'll be. It'll be like an alternate universe, Al Gore. So it'll be an inconvenient truth where he'll be able to still push climate change, but it'll be an alternate universe. So you're like, hey, that that didn't happen. No, no, this is an alternate universe. In our universe, (laughs) it didn't happen. So I don't know if it's an inconvenient truth too, another inconvenient truth, another inconvenient lie. I don't know what it is, but this is where I need your help. On Twitter, if you would, please, do you have a suggestion for Al for the title of his new film? I'm using the hashtag um, Al Gore's Next Film. Al Gore's, make sure to put the S in there, Al Gore's Next Film. Tweet at us and give us some suggestions because he could probably use the help. I see a lot of potential for failure with this idea. But Paramount's getting behind it. I wouldn't think with all the struggles of Hollywood right now that this would be a good move. But, hey, they must know something. Hmm. Cal, who do you think would star in this? You got to get somebody younger, right? You got to go for the younger the younger audiences or do things in kind of a hip new way. Well, he's already got Leonardo DiCaprio and, like... Oh, DiCaprio. He's the... Uh, yeah. What is he? He's, like, the czar of climate change or something? Something Isn't like the UN that. the anointed him as something? Sure, I guess so, yeah. So this would I be... Mean, uh, Inconvenient Truth Episode 1, because he put out <laughs> the episode... Menace. The Phantom Menace. Yeah. He's already put out the Inconvenient Truth, I guess you can call that Episode 4. 4, okay. And now so we're going was... backward prequel style, Episode oh, 1. Oh, okay. So, so maybe And just like George Lucas, was... he's going to ruin this one, too. He's, he's going to ruin it, too. Okay. Well, I understand uh, Jar Jar Binks is in this one. Oh, he's, so... he's got a cameo. <laughs> Empire striking back on this one. Gotcha. I was going to say, you know, what other Hollywood types that are uh, really in the climate change tank could you, could you help out with this thing? I'm sure Alec Baldwin's a, in there somewhere. Yeah, but if you're going for younger generation, that's not going to help. I mean, I was going to say, hey, that Daryl Hannah, but no one wants to nah. see her now. Maybe oh, an Amy I, Schumer. I yeah, that, maybe, maybe. I think, she, is she in the climate change tank or is she just in the progressive tank altogether? Well, she's a progressive altogether, but I thought, you know, young. Hmm. 
How about how about uh, I think somebody more like climate change, like Ed Bagley Jr. Because you know he's really in touch with the. Is he really younger? They have no idea who he is. Yeah, no clue. He's as significant as Ed Bagley uh, Senior. They know as much about Ed Bagley Junior as they do as Ed Bagley Senior. So that's not going to work real well either. Yeah, they're pretty so, much on the same scale. So I'm trying to think of any other movie titles, and some people have tweeted some suggestions. Uh, let's see, uh, Constitutional Duck had a couple of them. He said True Lies, <laughs> which would be really solid. You know, you might be able to get uh, the Tom Arnold in there. Then you know, oh, the throw good, in bad, some more crazy, stupid. yeah. Mm-hmm. Remember, hashtag Al Gore's next film. Al, uh, hashtag Al Gore's next film. How the Russians hacked the climate from Donna. <laughs> hey, wow, that's a possibility. Or you can <laughs> call it. Like uh, I know I was wrong the first time, but just hear me out. <laughs> how about how about an inconvenient truth to the search for more money? <laughs> yeah, the search for more green. How, ah, there you uh, go, tying the that's green. Kind of got the double play on it right there. All right, hashtag Al Gore's next film. If you got a suggestion, or you can always use that hashtag, what I learned today, like we use during our morning program, and tell us what you've learned throughout the program, because we'll let you comment. Also, your call's coming up next. And if you have some on the phone for a an Al Gore next film, hashtag Al Gore's next film, we'll take them on the phone as well. 888-727-BECK. That's 888-727-BECK. I'm Doc Thompson, in for Glenn Beck today. Dana tweeting, Dumb and Dumber. Lex Kemp, an inconvenient, or excuse me, a convenient lie. That's real. It was very convenient and profitable. Ray Downs tweeting, Al Gore's next film, an incomplete, an incomplete, an incompetent goof starring Leonardo DiCaprio. Wendy, hashtag Al Gore's next uh, film, inconvenient cash cow. How about from David Star Gore's Attack of the Lies? It's rhino season, ice age. And then uh, G.D. Chappelle tweeting, uh, just hashtag what I learned today, the Blaze Radio. Now it's 75% more doc. Yeah, today it's like 95% more doc. In fact, I think the only program I'm not filling in on is uh, Stunt Brain Show. Mike Opalco joins us now. How are you, sir? I'm calling to see if you wouldn't mind filling in for me tonight. I have a small family emergency. Yeah, what the heck? I'm doing Pat and Stu when I get off here. I did my show this morning. Sure. why? I'm, I'm really the only person here today. I'm running the cameras. Will no, you, you, can't see will it, you but, be yeah. filling in for Tommy tonight? <laughs> that's right. I am actually I think that's Lawrence B. Jones tonight. Is, uh, how's he gonna, wait, how's he uh-huh. going to fit into that dress? You know what? It's, it's really done with mirrors, Mike, and smoke. There's smoke and mirrors. It's both of them. Okay. I suspected yeah. that, but it's good to get mm-hmm. confirmation. So, Mike, hashtag Al Gore's next film. Okay, uh, we're going to get this thing training. Hashtag wait, Al Gore's next film. Are you ready? Yeah. What do you got? The, the internutty professor. 
the internutty professor. I got to tell you, it's weak, Mike. It's weak. I, I've expected more from you. I'm All right. How about th- how about this? Gornucopia. <laughs> it's kind of a slasher film <laughs> where he gets all bloodied. It's a gornucopia of all kinds of fun stuff. We throw in some climate change. It's that's uh, fantastic, fantastic and stuff. You're still not digging the internutty professor. I think it's an homage to Jerry Lewis in that interview, <laughs> that he, painful interview he did this week, and Al Gore's inventing the internet. So you know, uh-huh. I have one more. Yes, sir. What do you got? An inconvenient store. It's the sad tale of an insignificant former politician who runs a 24-hour gas station and store on the edge of the Mojave Desert. I like that you actually have the storyline for it. It's it's not just the uh, the film name. You've got the yeah. subtitle. You got the plot summary for us. Yeah, it's, I've have, got the. It's the elevator pitch. You know, when you get you, in the elevator, you have to give the pitch <laughs> to the executive. You have to tell them what you're thinking. An inconvenient store, and it uh, is both. And what better place to relegate Al Gore than the edge of hell at the Mojave Desert? Snow for the, well, the Sahara, first time in, what, 30-some years, snow? Yeah, but can't you, can't you see, mm. you're, Doc, you're, mm. you're driving or you're wandering through the Mojave, right. mm-hmm. and you see on the, on the horizon, you've been lost in the Mojave for days, lost living off it. the water inside of cactuses that you slice right. open, and you see what you believe it, you think it could be could it be a mirage and you you walk inside this sort of air conditioned run down convenience store and there's right. a pudgy senior citizen he goes would you like some um would you like some beef jerky and I like the it. only thing you're I think thinking you got is something. yeah yeah i think i, I think but I it could be some sort of gay prostitution house it could also be. That's, that's in the back they, yeah. they, it's kind of a twofer, you know. That would type you of like thing. some beef jerky? Wink, Which is wink. also the code word if you want to go in the back. Yes, that's see? also the same thing. It's uh, kind an of, inconvenient it's store with Al Gore. Interesting. It really is the pro- plot summary that made it. Now that you sold it to me, oh, I got to get off of my floor. Have your people call my people. We'll make that happen. <laughs> so, uh, Mike, this time of the year is always uh, odd and interesting because everything kind of slows down. You don't have a lot of people at work. Uh, the government kind of shuts down weeks ago. Um, what's going on at The Blaze that we need to be aware of? TheBlaze.com. What news type items should we be aware of? We are following everything, Doc. We're following everything in relate, as it relates to the news coming out of uh, Germany, if there's any updates on the, the people I think they we have got a, arrested. Hmm? Yeah, we got a guy now, a picture. We got an identity that they're promoting. I yeah, think that's you, at The Blaze. You should be worried about that. And here's why. Usually in, in the international situation when when there's a terrorist attack and this is germany's worst terror attack in its history when there's a terror attack the police in europe has a tendency not to put out a name or a picture because they don't want that that guy or the cell he's associated with to activate and go into hyperdrive because it's likely they had other stuff planned and so this tells you how little they know about his whereabouts they put out a picture, his name, and a reward of 100,000 euros. And so that leads you to believe, my God, they have no idea where he is. And they're worried that other events are about mm. to be kicked into gear. So Mike, it's That's very, a good point. Very... It, it's, it's worried. You're right. But it, it could also be something else bad in that they know by releasing it, it could be bad. But they have something that they believe could be so bad that they're rolling the dice to say, let's go get him before that happens or try to find him. I mean, I see mainly bad that they released it, like that they're that worried. 
Yeah, they, they actually have to weigh the positives and the negatives on this because he's part of a cell, and there's now a story that ISIS worked on his escape. So they're, they're wondering if he got out of Germany and he's somewhere else, say, in one of those Belgian cells where the Paris attacks earlier this year were planned. And if that's the case, those are dangerous because they supply weapons, money, and cover. Yeah, you're right. And the the Belgian cells were responsible for the Paris attacks. Yeah. They came across. And I don't know what it is about uh, Belgium that, that there's so many of these cells there. I well, don't know why, a, if it's more it's lax a, or... It's a porous border, number one. You know, part of the Eurozone okay. includes the, the, if you've got a passport for one country in the European Union, you easily just wander in and out of all the other countries. And that's why that when every time we found... In the Middle East, every time we found one of these passport manufacturing operations that ISIS has, you get worried because they're churning out hundreds, sometimes thousands of them each month. And that means people are given passports who shouldn't be given passports. So this, this is all a, a, a domino setup that they're worried, the European authorities and, and American too, are worried that this may trigger a whole bunch of other attacks that have been in the works. I see, and you're reporting on this at TheBlaze.com as well. One of the top stories is Kelly Ann Conway getting a position in the Trump administration, which it shocked me that it's taken this long. I expected her to be up there. I don't know if she turned things down or what was going on. But, Mike, her, tuttle, her title, her position, has me questioning some things. Is, she's, she's going to be – she has the title of special counsel to the president. Yeah. Is that a standard position? Yeah, it is. There are counselors. The president has lawyers. And every president has his own bank of lawyers, or his or her, eventually in the future. Is she and, an attorney? Yes, she is. She's a, a she you know, graduate Mike, I, from George Washington University Law School. She I, is, that was lost in the whole election to me. I didn't realize yeah. she was an attorney. Yeah, she's a very accomplished woman. And for all the talk the left has given us about, we have to have a woman break a glass ceiling. Here you have a woman who should be lauded for leading a campaign as a campaign manager successfully led a campaign that got a guy who everybody thought didn't have a chance to get elected, they got him elected. And she was at the head of that campaign. She is a very smart woman. She will be taking a key role in this White House as the uh, special counselor to uh, Mr. Trump, President Trump. I mean, listen, you you have to give her so much credit for what she accomplished. You don't have to like Trump. You don't like any of those things. That's beside the point. She did an amazing job and working not just with a candidate that, quote unquote, shouldn't have been elected by many people's account, a candidate that was difficult in difficult times. I mean, he is not your candidate that it's easy, all buttoned up, whatever. He was a loose cannon. Now, that's part of his charm, but that's really difficult when you're the spokesperson and they're like, hey, welcome to MSNBC. Ten seconds ago, your candidate just said this. (laughs) You know, you got to start. Well, let me see what I can come up with. I'm sure what he meant was, you know. That's difficult. Yeah. How many times do you think Kellyanne Conway over the last six months said what Mr. Trump meant was? <laughs> yeah, pass the meth. What he meant was. <laughs> Mike, uh, I see something at theblaze.com that, uh, that, man, this is so frustrating. On one hand, I don't want to talk about it because I want to give the guy publicity. But on the other hand, I feel like we got to talk about it because there's so many odd little pieces to it. The, the guy who claims to be Muslim, I'll take him at his word that he is, who accused Delta Airline of an anti-Muslim sentiment. Um, with the, he, he's standing up on an airplane, and he takes a little selfie video of himself claiming they just said anti-Muslim stuff or whatever it was. That ended up being a hoax, right? 
It ended up being a hoax, and this guy, uh, I, I am going to say his name because I want everyone to know what a jack wagon he is. His name is Adam Salah. And here's the kicker in this, Doc. The video he posted yesterday morning started going viral almost immediately, like 2,000 Facebook, uh, Facebook likes and retweets on Twitter within an hour. And then within a couple of hours, there were 24,000 retweets. This guy standing on a plane wow. yelling about being kicked off because he was speaking in Arabic to his That's mother. That's what it was. That's what and it was. Yeah, they said he, he was said, speaking Arabic. He, he was claiming he only used one word. He said it was racial profiling. He said the people were racist. He said it's white people who complained. And I'm watching this going, wait a minute. Hold on a second. Nobody and nobody's telling this guy to shut up. No one's saying uh, a word to him. And there are, there are airline officials, Delta officials on either side trying to get him off the plane. I immediately went to YouTube and checked out his background. This is a guy who's been – he's got a lot of followers, like mm-hmm. millions of followers. And he makes money creating controversial videos, like in 2014 when he made one called Racial Profiling Experiment, where he and That's a friend right. dressed in yeah. Western clothing fought in front of a cop and nothing happened. Then they put on traditional Muslim garb, and the cops allegedly only interfered, interfered when they saw the guys looking like Muslims. So uh, HuffPost fell for this. Uh, Brian Stelter on uh, CNN fell for this. Uh, several news organizations and news, I'm using air quotes, yes. posted this and said, this is horrible. This is terrible. This is why white Americans are so evil, basically. I'm paraphrasing. But then Delta... Delta's like, wait a, wait a second. How about you get both sides of the story? After the plane landed, the crew was debriefed, passengers' statements taken, and based on what Delta collected, it looks like the customers who were removed, the Salah and his friends, were trying to create a disruption. They were yelling in the cabin. Yep. They were doing yep. provocative behavior. And Delta says, I don't care who you are. You can't run around the plane yelling and causing trouble. That, that is risking the, the safety and comfort of everybody else. So they took him off the plane. And yeah, it's I not how you're yelling or what you're yelling or in what language you're yelling. It's that you're yelling and creating a disturbance. But, Mike, here's the thing. I think Delta needs to sue this guy. They need to, they need to sue him for potential losses because they were getting hammered online and people saying, um, I'm never flying Delta again and boycott Delta and all of this stuff. They need to sue him. That's the only way this, this jack wagon, as you put it, they're going to shut him down. Yeah. This is not helping. Sorry. Well, how about how's about Mark Zuckerberg at Facebook huh. and the people at Twitter huh. decide that you're going to stop fake news as they have told us in the past 2 weeks that they're going to be proactive in putting the clamps on fake news. How about you make this guy uh, a con- convict number 1? That you're going to yep. put him now. Now remember Milo on Twitter. Milo said some horrible things about actress comedian Leslie Jones. He's right. been banned for twi- from Twitter for life. He's still banned from Twitter. This guy was trying to create a fake outrage over a fake crime. Uh, he created real wow. outrage, and it, it could have caused Delta problems uh, both financially and just tarnish their image going forward. Because how many people know now? People that just mm-hmm. forwarded it and didn't mm-hmm. do the follow-up that this was phony. All right, Michael Palka, it's at Stunt Brain on Twitter. Are you on the air tonight? 
Uh, I'm on the air tonight, and you need to do what uh, you've been asking people to do for yourself. Go to theblaze.com, click on channels, and follow me, because I'm woefully behind Doc Thompson. Stalking him is fine as well. Follow or stalk, either one. Absolutely. You can dox me, too. Just put my uh, address up anywhere. I'm kidding, please. (laughs) Kidding, Doc. (laughs) All right. Some more of your uh, calls and texts or tweets coming up next on the Glenn Beck Program. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Admit I've been negligent the last segment or two on getting to some phone calls, as I promised. So I'll do that now. 888-727-BECK. Let's go to line 81. Jeff in Maine, how are you? Oh, it's actually Nebraska. How are you, sir? Did you meet Jeff in Crofton? How are you, sir? Hey, yes, I'm sir. doing good. How you doing, Doc? Good, good. Hey, listen, I just want to make sure, and I, and I hope and pray, that somebody's compiling a list of conservative judges from all the congressmen and senators uh, so that every single day we can show the progressives what it's like to change the nuclear option. And every single day that McConnell does not put a federal judge in office is a day that he's screwing up. Mike or Jeff, I think uh, Congress is going to be the wild card in this. I mean, there's a lot of us that are hopeful for what Donald Trump wants to do and some of the, the decisions he's made already with filling his cabinet. Um, but remember, McConnell is still in this for McConnell. And Donald Trump picking up his wife for a cabinet position, I think, is him trying to play ball with Donald or, or with, uh, with Mitch McConnell. We'll see if that gives him some, some grace period to get some things done. Yeah, M- Mitch McConnell is a dirtbag. He is the D.C. insider, and so is Paul Ryan. We got to make sure we hold them accountable. Get a break in. More of your calls immediately after the break on the Glenn Beck program. The Glenn Beck program. Mercury. This is the Glenn Beck Program. I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand it. 
What is it about delivering the mail that is so troubling to people? Do you remember back in the day the phrase going postal, where you had the rash of uh, postal workers shooting the place up? And now we have a rash of stories. This is seemingly every week now of a postal worker getting busted for not delivering the mail and destroying it, leaving it in a dumpster stump somewhere, burying it, their house is filled What's going on? If you're a postal worker, I got to know, what am I missing? 888-727-BECK. What is going, what is so oppressive about the job of delivering the mail, uh, processing the mail, working at the post office, selling stamps? I'll buy the stamp. What, what is it about the post office that makes you crazy? See, there's other delivery people out there. People that deliver really heavy things like refrigerators. And I don't see these people going, you don't understand, it's so heavy. I'm just going to go ahead and throw the refrigerators on the side of the road. I would think that would be more strenuous physically and emotionally. Uh, I see people delivering all kinds of things that are similar to yours, like mail or parcels. Right? FedEx, UPS, they deliver this stuff. In fact, those guys, usually in pretty good moods. When I get stuff delivered at the house... I signed the paper, guys. Hey, we're a great day. I'm going to leave that here. Okay, great. What is it about the post office? What's going on? Do they beat you in the back room? Are you tortured? Is it the paper cuts? Is that what it is? What is it? 888-727-BECK. If you have friends and or family members, acquaintances, business dealings in and around the Atlanta, Georgia area, and you have sent them a package for Christmas, a letter, a Christmas card, another holiday card, they may not be getting it this year. It may be buried in the woods. Another story has popped up. 4,500 pieces of mail dropped off in the woods by a postal worker charged with delaying and or destroying the mail. Just out in the woods. Just going to chuck this out in the woods. This is what I'm thinking. Let's say you're a postal worker, postal worker and you're like, I'm just going to skip out of work today and go get drunk with the fellas. I'm going to go to a ball game. I'm just not feeling good, and I'm not going to tell them. I don't want to be ch- – whatever it is. I mean, people do that at times. You leave at work early, whatever. You're like, but I have all this mail to deliver still. Why wouldn't you just say, okay, I'll keep the mail at the house, and I'll just deliver it with tomorrow's mail? <laughs> right? I mean, you're not going to get nailed then. You're still technically doing your job. Nobody knows it. I mean, yes, it may take you a little longer. There's some extra mail. But you could actually pull that off, right? Why, why wouldn't you do it? Name me another job you could do that. That would be like me on this show today saying, you know what? I'm just not going to do it. And tomorrow's show will count for two shows. It'll still get done. Same amount of time. Why, why wouldn't you just do that? But they got to destroy it. Have you seen the videos online of the postal workers being lazy? Have you seen those ones? They got the, the, one of my favorites. I'm going to find it and I'll tweet out. It's at Doc Thompson show so you can see it. Where the lady pulls the little truck up to the front steps. She goes to the driveway and is like, well, hell, I don't want to walk that 10 feet over to the steps. And then she pulls through the grass right up to the steps and puts the package on the steps, gets in and goes. You can't walk. And based on her, she probably needed the walk. I mean, in the video, you mix in a couple of steps there here, and that's going to help out a little bit. What is it that's killing you? What is it that makes you go postal or say, I just, I got to chuck this into a dumpster today. I think I know what it is. I think it's just a lack of accountability. But I'll hear from you 
postal workers on the front line. Triple eight seven two seven. Back. All right, to the phone lines we go. A lot of people holding Ron in Washington, uh, actually Virginia. How are you, Ron in Virginia? Welcome to the program. I can't believe I'm talking to you. Thank you for taking my call. It's exciting, isn't it? It it's, is. Uh... <laughs> hey, you know, Merry the postal Christmas. workers. I think you're right. No accountability. You know, they can't get fired. Uh, the post office that I go to here in Crystal Springs is there's a guy that works there. It is the most surly, uh, <laughs> unhelpful, nasty guy, you know, and, and, and he, they won't get rid of him. They won't do anything about him. And, uh, you know, everyone knows it. And, uh, and he stands in stark contrast to the lady that delivers my mail, who is a wonderful human being. Actually, and you know what, Ron, I, I will add to that. The postman that, that comes to my house now, the current postman, does a, a very fine job. I see a lot of bad ones, but he does a great job. He really is very yeah, nice. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, the, but this guy at Crystal Springs, Virginia, you know, maybe if someone's listening and they hear this, maybe they'll get shamed in doing some accountability with the guy. But <laughs> oh, I, he is Ron. Ron, the VA kills veterans, and they're not shamed into anything. It's a, That's very naive and very nice of you to say, but. Well, you know, the VA is a whole other story. I go there, too, and it's not great there either. Yeah. Ron, have a Merry Christmas. Thank you so Merry much for Christmas your support, you okay? Thanks. All right. Very good. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm expecting some sort of accountability at the post office when you've got people killing veterans. So that's a little bit more high on the priority. There, I just find it in – I want to know what it is. I mean, the, I get the Veterans Administration, what's going on there. You have a lot of people that are not veterans. They have hired people that um, are not the type of caliber people, the attitude you need to work in the Veterans Administration. You're not just dealing with health services. It takes a certain personality to be caring enough and yet strong enough to see all of the people that are suffering that come in for health care, veterans in particular. It takes a very strong person to be able to do a good job at that. You've got those people who are hiring more bad people and then on top of it a lack of accountability with the pressures of performance at the veterans administration, they count their wait times and all of this stuff now. And they gave them bonuses. Remember if they got the wait times down and saw so many veterans. So they were incentivized to cheat. I get it. The post office. I don't think they get bonuses for delivering so much mail. Do they? I think by comparison, it's a pretty stress-free job. I'm in a little car by myself. I pull up, eek, put it in the mailbox. Next one. Eek. Maybe that's what it is. It's the starting and stopping. You, you try, okay, I just get, oh, I got to slow down again. Darn. Remember Fonzie when he said he was the ice cream driver on that episode of Happy Days? He goes, I just get it up to 45 and I got to slow down for some kid waving a dime. Maybe it's the stress of driving. That doesn't explain the people in the office working, but I don't know. TSA workers, they have the pressure of, oh my gosh, on top of everything else. Somebody may bring a bomb through. But the post office? You get fruitcakes and letters. 888-727 back in North Carolina. Steve, welcome to the program. How are you? Hey, Steve. Uh, Had a uh, title for the next Al Gore movie. Oh, you got one. Okay, yeah, we're using the hashtag uh, Al Gore's next movie. What do you got? Climate Wars Episode 4, A New Hoax. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> a new hoax that's yeah. new. i let new hope or new hoax either one works because he's hoping for it there steve yeah. uh steve come on you gotta admit this is complete propaganda because 
we we saw all of that stuff he predicted that was going to go wrong. Here we are years later. It didn't happen. Still waiting. <laughs> right, he'll right. Just, I'm still waiting. Just come out and say, I got it right. I just got the timing wrong. It's still oh, going that, to that, happen. <laughs> that's probably – it's like the people that predict the end of the world, and they're like, no, no, it's coming up July 17th, and they're like – You just have oh, to be a little I, more patient. Calculate. Yeah, that's it. A little more patience, folks. A little more patience. Steve, <laughs> thanks so much for the call. That's okay. the reason I say it's a religion. They just got to have faith. It's coming someday. Don't worry. Let's go to the Buckeye State now. And Dave, how are you? How you doing? Merry Christmas, Doc. Merry Christmas, sir. Thanks for joining yeah, us. Yeah, I was going back to your talking earlier about uh, Obama has pretty much about three weeks, a little over three weeks left in his administration to do executive orders. Yeah. Well, Obama seemed to like to do just like the Democrats do. They like to go on TV and basically talk about what they're doing and the, Demo- the Republicans fall for this, that, and the other. Well, Trump seems to have the bully pulpit, and if he wanted to talk to the American public, the media would be right there. So he could go on in that thing with the drilling. He could literally say that Obama in his last 30 days had passed this according with this law, and it's going to be very hard to get this passed. I'd like to make Congress kind of push them to get this going. And he could literally, like Harry Reid like, used to like to do, to go right after you come out of the Senate, right to the media and say the Republicans and start pointing them out. Well, kind of give them a taste of their own medicine. You know what I mean? Because no, Trump's you're, you're not right. afraid to take on the media. We showed that, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of people liked it. And he right. showed that he's a fighter, and a lot of people respected that because the Republican Party has turned into a bunch of pansies. Can I say that? Sure, sure. I would go much farther, but that works too. Right. No, and he, one thing you're talking about, yeah. Al Gore, well, mm-hmm. after him selling you know, uh, his little uh, network to Al Jazeera, I always can <laughs> start to say Al Jazeera Gore. Right, right, exactly, because it's so, Al, it's Jazeera, it's Gore. An lie by Al Jazeera Gore. I think Gore means the same thing as Jazeera, just in different languages. I think that's <laughs> right, what it yeah, translates. Yeah, really, you probably, if you thing. look it up, it actually probably Al's does, exactly but... the same, you know, it's like that. It's like souffle in English and French. It's the Al- same J- thing. Al Jazeera Gore, I can't believe I'm still relevant. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, thanks for the comments, really okay. appreciate it. This is, this is the other part that I find so fascinating. So you got the people peeing on fences all over D.C., because that's what it is. It doesn't matter if the president is your party. If you're in Congress, you're still drawing the line that... And it's not about, well, we do the work of the people in the people's house, and that's what we're going to... No, no, no. It's about your power games. That's all it is. It's still very territorial. What they don't realize is exactly what happened with the election. They think they did. Do you remember the waffling back and forth? Even though I didn't support Donald Trump, I supported some of the things he was about. I still have high hopes that he's going to be a better, much better president than Obama, and I certainly didn't support Hillary. And I can appreciate where he's heading now with this stuff. I didn't support him, but I love during the election the fits that he was giving the media and the fits that he was giving a handful of politicians like uh, Paul Ryan. Because traditionally the dance is, okay, now you're the nominee and I will campaign and you'll put your arm around me and my arm around you and we're hitting the stump. Thank you for coming to my district, Mr. Uh, future President and the next President of the United States. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. All of that stuff. The, the flip-flop and back and forth of whether or not Paul Ryan would appear with Trump was gold. I mean, I will, I will just cherish that memory forever about, uh, here, it's with Donald Trump. Whoa, grab her by the what? I'm sorry, I can't stand. No, I do support the, the nominee. I'm, I'm with him. And then as soon as he gets elected, we stand with President-elect Trump. We will do all... Their power is much less. And while I support the balance of power in the government, I do like the fact that Trump is sticking it to them. There are potential dangers if he ends up too powerful. I mean, you want the executive branch to be balanced. 
with the judicial and legislative branch, of course. But you know what? What he does is expose their hypocrisies and the inside the beltway mentality. Now, of course, Trump is still connected. We know that. We know what he's about. We know who he's donated to and all of this stuff. His hands are not completely clean, but he is not the traditional insider, of course. And if they think that they are going to be able to play the same games with him, they are mistaken. There's a lot of people that support him. A lot of people are tired. And he has proven that it is different now. We live in a different area with social media. You know that. That it's about reality shows. It's about uh, manipulating the media. Uh, Fake news. Facts don't matter. It's different. And they're going to continue to try to play the same games. And he is going to beat their backside. Let's go to uh, John in Missouri. John, thanks so much for holding. How are you, sir? Hello. Hi, John. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing great. I was just going to make a comment on your first monologue about the uh, ideal woman. Oh, that's right. Let me uh, let me refresh people's memory. And by the way, you can always see this program back at theblaze.com. Just click on channels and Glenn Beck. Uh, just to refresh their memory. The U.N. has said that they are not going to have uh, Wonder Woman be a spokesperson that they announced three months ago because... She didn't fit the right woman, and we described what that was. So, yes, sir, what are your thoughts? I think they should have chosen either Caitlin, formerly Bruce Jenner, or Chelsea Manning as the <laughs> ideal woman. In their world, John, that makes perfect sense, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. I mean, and you know, and, and if you want to say, hey, they're trans, I don't have a problem with that. I feel bad if you have to suffer as transit or anybody else. But and, and, John, thank you so much for the call. I really appreciate it. This is my frustration with all of this stuff. There is such a thing as normal. When they say, well, you say, well, I'm not normal to be transgender, whatever. You're not. What does normal mean? Normal is not an endorsement of correct or right. It means majority. It is the standard. And being the standard doesn't mean you're right. Hordes of people over the centuries have gotten things wrong, but they all agreed on it, didn't they? It's not an endorsement. It's just this is the standard. And while though you may not fit the norm when it comes to your gender, I don't fit the norm with all kinds of things. That doesn't make it wrong, right, or other. But the norm is most people are heterosexual. Most people are not transgender. That should be the standard. Making these exceptions does not, uh, trying to make them normal or uh, common or as common as everything else is not promoting your cause. It's just causing more division. Just admit this is different. But it's still okay. It's your choice. That's the solution. Quick break back with We Were Calls and Tweets. Doc Thompson in for Glenn Beck on the Glenn Beck Program. We are the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Thompson in for Glenn Beck. Appreciate you joining me. Back to the phones we go. A lot of people have been holding, so we're going to get to them. Triple eight seven two seven Beck. Let's go back to the Buckeye State. And Steve, how are you? You're a former postal worker. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Why do the I postal workers there. go crazy? What happens? Well, 
this time during the year, what happens is that they hire a lot of newbies, and they oh. use it temporary. Well, a lot of people don't understand that that job is different from what most people visualize it being. The amount of mail that you get down this during, during this time of the year is enormous. It'll take you anywhere from 10 to 12 hours and sometimes longer to deliver it. You're, work, you're walking. You spend most of your time on your feet, unlike UPS and uh, FedEx. They're driving most of the time. They have the same problem, but it's not as intense. You're walking with a bunch of mail, and you've got about 10 to 20 packages that you have to carry and deliver also. It's overwhelming if you've actually done it. And the so, amount of walking that you do... Will but when you say walking, doesn't that... When you say walking, doesn't that depend upon the route you have? Because some are driving routes, right? Yeah, some are rural routes okay. when you drive. The majority okay. of them are not. And if you're walking, you're walking anywhere from maybe 10 to 15 miles a day. And it wears on you. And you don't get off. When it gets dark, you can't see the addresses on the mail. So you're, you're constantly under pressure by the supervisors who are constantly yelling at you to get done before 6, which you never do, especially this time during the year. Yeah. And you just get frustrated, and you can't carry over your mail for the next day because then your day is going to be even extra longer. So there's none of that. You can't take mail back. And if you do, bring mail back... Do you think a lot of these people are, are, are the new hires? It's not the people who have been at the post office a long time that are, no, that are trashing the mail? Yeah, those are newbies that are doing that. The people that have been there for a while, they've got a routine, and they've managed to figure it out. The newbies oh. have no clue. All right. Hey, it's, thanks, Steve. Appreciate it. And Merry Christmas, sir. I see. So you're saying, you know, a lot of us have started jobs or, or been in organizations or whatever, where it's kind of overwhelming at first. And you're like, man, this is really difficult. I don't know if I can do this. And then after you get a couple of days, a couple of weeks, a couple of months, a couple of years, whatever under your belt, you're like, I figure out where I could kind of cheat and do this to get this done, kind of rob Peter to pay Paul type of thing and kind of get it done. You, you know, if something fails, how to correct it. Maybe that's some of it. I just seem, I mean, and yeah, I'm sure postal workers, some of them work very hard, of course. I mean, and if you're walking and you're carrying stuff, yeah, that's going to be physically exhausting as well. I just can't believe how many of these I see. I just wish at this point we'd, we'd just say, okay, slowly phase out the post office. Let's just slowly phase that thing out and get rid of it. More calls coming up. And also, what were the residents of your state interested in in 2016? What were they concerned with, interested in? What did they want to find out about? We'll talk about that coming up next. Doc Thompson on the Glenn Beck Program. The Glenn Beck Program. Thompson in for Glenn Beck. Thanks so much for joining me. I'll be with you again tomorrow. 
Uh, yesterday at this time in the program, we talked about a fun little website where we're going to send uh, little participation trophies to the little snowflakes around the country who are so upset when we can say, listen, we understand you're used to having not to not losing because you were always given an award. So although you didn't win, which you were used to with Obama, we're going to give you a participation one. And it's dnctrophy.com. We crashed it yesterday, but it's, it's up and going now. And by the way, full disclosure, in addition to having fun, I'm going to make a couple bucks off this just so you know. Which, no, I bring that up because in the new year, I am, and I've proven uh, around Thanksgiving and at times past, that I am all about helping you make money, uh, promoting your stuff, promoting small businesses, finding solutions, giving you airtime, and all of this stuff. And we're going to do that even more with our Building America segments on our morning broadcast. So if you want to find out more about me, go to theblaze.com, click on Channels, follow my page there, because starting in the new year, I have got big things we're going to do to help you promote your business. It is going to be big because I know it's the right thing to do and a rising tide floats all boats. It will help you and I'm committed to that. I'm fascinated by business. I love ideas. I love things where people actually say, you know, I got this idea. I'm going to roll the dice and see if I can make this thing work. I'm passionate about it. I think it's good. It's inspirational as well. So theblaze.com and click on my page, uh, my channel, you'll see there, and follow it, and I'll have all the details rolled out. It won't be the 3rd of January, but over the coming weeks, it will be. And then along with that, go to my little website, dnctrophy.com, where we'll make a couple of bucks, and I can funnel that back in, and also it's going to be a good bit. Okay, I, uh, I talked with somebody around the office yesterday, who shall remain nameless at this point, who told me that they are in on my little trophy shenanigans, and willing to have fun with the boss when he comes back. And we're going to leave it at that. So hopefully in the next couple of weeks, there's going to be some fun videos and possibly some people fired. I mean, there's some fun videos. It's going to be fantastic. You'll love it. All right, back to the phone lines we go. Good. Sharon in Mississippi has a great point about the post office. Sharon, welcome aboard. How are you? I'm doing great. Merry Christmas. Merry um, Christmas. I love the post office. And I have a Katrina story I'd like to tell if we have time, but... Whenever I hear people talking about the post office, I would love for our President Trump to uh, have John Kasich, Governor John Kasich, as our Postmaster General. (laughs) And I mean, it's kind of funny, but uh, because John brought that up all the time, but he's obviously proud of the post office, and I think he could Mm -hmm. probably turn it around for the postal workers. Mm-hmm. And they're awesome. I mean, I use the post office on a weekly basis to do very important business, and I have for over 25 years. They have mm-hmm. never let me down. They've never lost a check. And my Katrina well, story, yeah, um, yeah, our ahead. mail is so- sorted in Gulfport, and my mother had sent my sister and I $500 apiece in cash that was due to be delivered the day Katrina hit. And we're about 100 miles from the coast, and we were already getting 70-mile-an-hour winds, we had four tornadoes on our property, um, and those guys stayed down there until midnight, which is right where Katrina hit, and they got those letters to us weeks later, but they didn't lose them. They stayed down there, and they must have, if we had tornadoes and 70-mile-an-hour winds, I can't imagine what they had. Although, you know, to be fair, those wool pants absorb the water. Yeah. You know, (laughs) and those trucks do not stand against the wind. They're not real heavy. Well, they already had mail in transit. No, there's a lot of people that do good work. It's and it's not so much that I'm saying all postal workers are bad. Of course, they're not. It's um, it's a it's the post office in general is just kind of a failed uh, concept at this point. 
Well, uh, it's not, but it's also not needed. They got a they got a monopoly on first class mail, and it should all be uh, private. It, it just should be done that way. But Sharon, thank you so much, and I appreciate your calls and comments. And I'm glad that uh, you had a good experience with them as far as that goes. Cal is um, producer in New York. He's spinning the dials radio style for us there today. He's uh, regularly heard on my morning program. Cal, what do you think the some of the most uh, searched things in 2016 were? Give me some of the most searched things, and we'll take some of these by state. But what do you think? Searched terms, 2016. Well, off the top of my head, yes. Uh, what do you got? Obviously, Trump. Yes, Donald Clinton. Trump was one of the most searched things. In fact, if we go by state, a uh, state Google search terms. Uh, uh, Virgi- state of Virginia, Trump. State of Connecticut. State of uh, Massachusetts. All. Donald Trump, most searched thing. Just those states? I would think it would be more than that. Actually, no. There were uh, in in other states. There were things that that topped Trump. That Trump, Trump. Give me another one. Uh, next thought would be Hillary Clinton. Yeah. Yes, Hillary Clinton in a handful of states. You had uh, states like uh, what is that? Alabama. Uh, Hillary Clinton. Uh, let's see. Ohio. Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton. Pennsylvania. Uh, Maine. Hillary Clinton. I think those are the only ones for Hillary. Anything else? Now we got those ones out of the way. No election stuff. That was um, all. Like what else? Well, the Olympics happened. I'm guessing somewhere. No, in no there. Olympics. Nothing, nothing I would have thought at least somebody would have Michael it. Michael no. Phelps, Ryan Lochte. With the no, whole... I would. No, that's really? out. iPhone um, seven. Okay, iPhone yeah, seven. no iPhone came out. That makes sense. That makes okay, sense. Okay, so Texas, uh, Oklahoma, both iPhone seven. Uh, what is that? Um, Missouri, Illinois, iPhone seven, Georgia. And Florida, all iPhone 7. A couple of the East Coast states like, uh, what is that, Delaware and New Jersey. Your home state, Cal. Uh, all yep, iPhone we 7. we love our iPhones in New Jersey. So uh, then you got Stranger Things is one of the top bunch of states. What is Stranger? I, I, oh, that was a great show a that Netflix show, right? produced. It was a series on Netflix. That's the um, 80s-based one, right? That's yeah, kind of it, it took 80s. place in the 80s, and it kind of brings a lot of the nostalgia of the 80s with the music and the and the... The kind of uh, Goonies type vibe and like uh, have you close seen, encounters have you of the third it? kind. Yeah, it was really Is cool. It good. It's like take Goonies, mix it with a little close encounters of the third kind, throw in some like war games, and you got a really cool series there. Because there's a lot of states that that was their top search. By the way, iPhone Seven also California, but Stranger Things for state of Washington, Montana, uh, Wyoming, uh, the both the Dakotas, Nebraska, uh, Minnesota, Iowa, Michigan. Actually, uh, Wisconsin, Michigan is another one. Um, all over Stranger Things. That, I mean, more so than any other state. I got By one. The way, was uh, was Pokemon yeah. Go in there anywhere? Uh, Pokemon was the state of Hawaii. Just in Hawaii? I think, I think it was Hawaii. I would have thought it would be much more, but other ones edged them out. So then you have, um, and by the way, there was one state with the Olympics, Alaska. It's kind of off the side. I knew side there had to be one. Side. Finding Dory. I didn't think it was that popular, but Finding Dory was the most Googled in the new movie, uh, yeah. Idaho, Colorado, a uh, whole bunch of states. Um, that's kind of shocking to me. Uh, then you've got um, something called, uh, is it Kahoot? K-A-H-O-O-T. Is that a game? Kahoot? Like you're in Kahoot with someone? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't heard. Must the, be. Must it be might Kahoot. be a game or something. Kahoot. Hmm. Yeah, I'm guessing. Um, what about uh, there were some deaths? You know, David Bowie, Prince, anything like they that pop up there? 
No, they didn't top really? it there. There's, some, there's something called, I want to show you this. Uh, Quizlet was two states. Quizlet. I don't know. what I, That must be another game. And uh, North Carolina. Quizlet, the number one thing, including those two. Hmm. Oh, okay. Then, Quizlet is a learning. I'm just Googling right now. Quizlet is a learning, learning tool. Ah. Simple also, tools to learn anything. Also, uh, the state of Arkansas. Quizlet, too. So interesting. The state of Quite Arkansas itself was a search? Yeah, that was their, that was their number one search. Uh, a couple of states. Wells Fargo login. Nevada and New Mexico. Wells Fargo, I don't know what you're doing. But dang, in Nevada and New Mexico, you are doing it right. In fact, other banks, other people find out what they're doing because they're doing Wells Fargo. Do they have that many employees there? Is it by percentage? Or is it such a failure login and people are like, damn it, I got to type it again. Wells Fargo login. Is there a different login? Maybe they're doing it really wrong. Maybe it was a complicated login. Maybe that's it. It's got a bunch of like extra letters and complicated whatever. Those are the main ones. Uh, Ted Cruz in a couple of them. You've got, uh, let's see here. Um... The state of New Hampshire, New Hampshire, was Ted Cruz and West Virginia, both Ted Cruz, number one. New Hampshire, New Hampshire, Ted Cruz, and then something called—is this? I don't even know how to pronounce it. Suhirio, or Delaware, I guess it is Suhirio. Suhirio. Yeah, to get this, really hard to see. Maybe it's. Slither, S-L-I-T-H-E-R-I-O, Slitherio. Slitherio? Oh, Slither.io, that's a game. Oh, Slither.io. Yeah, Slither.io is another game. It's kind, of, it's, kind of old, it's kind of like a revision of an old game, like that, you know, the snake game where the, the little wormy thing keeps eating more and it gets centipede. longer and longer. Yeah, similar, similar to that, yeah. Okay, Powerball, the number one in Rhode Island. Presidents of the United States... And I don't think they mean the, the band dead presidents, like the U.S. presidents, for Vermont. And I think I covered most of them. Uh, oh, uh, Euro 2016 in uh, Kansas and Oregon. I think that's most of them. I think I got most of them. Oh, one, two, three movies for Miss- Mississippi. One, two, three movies. Is that a Netflix type? One, two, three. I think, yeah, I think it's a service. Okay. I think I got all the states except for New York. What is New York? I haven't even mentioned theirs yet. New York. The number one thing New Yorkers said, I got to Google this. Adidas. Really? Adidas? This is not a repeat of 1982. Yes, Adidas. I mean, I like being a good pair of Adidas as much as the next guy. I don't know if it's a... Cal, you're near New York. You work in New York. Is is there something going on there? Is this a wave of Adidas interest or what's going on? Has there been an Adidas shortage or something? We don't know about well, not that I can tell. I mean, there's plenty wow. of Adidas stores in New York. I don't know. New Yorkers liking them some Adidas, or they don't know what it is. Are they, were they new to New York? They've never been available up until now. People are like, I don't know what all this Adidas what is. is. This Adidas people. Are Adidas. Doing? I don't know what that is. Is it that Adidas? Seems... <laughs> Adidas. That's what it is. What are these Adidas? I don't know. It sounds interesting. Let me Google it. <gasps> oh, interesting. Um. So yeah, those are the the only search terms. I went through all of them. Nothing else. But. Man, if you're if you're some of these games that you're the number one search term or the movies or, or television shows, you have arrived, man. That's that's big for business. Making some money. Cal, uh, you are an app developer at times, right? You try to develop. Yeah, it's kind of a hobby slash side business. I uh, publish develop apps. Were any of yours the number one Googled thing? <laughs> if they were, we would not be talking right now, Doc. <laughs> Doc, who I don't uh, know the, that. Uh, 
Were any of yours the top thousand Googled things in any state? Uh, I wouldn't even say top uh, millionth okay, search. Very okay, so is that kind of a goal of the new year? You're going to work together? Because I have a couple of ideas. Yeah, I'm going to try to crack the top uh, hundred thousand. So here's my plan. I'll give you an idea. You do all the work. We split the cash 80-20. Because um, no, I'm the ideas, no, I get the 80. I get the 80%, mm, we do it. It's, it's a perfect not, split. I mean, it's, but the idea is the most important, right? That's not going to work for me. All right. If you want 75, that's uh, 25. We can do 80, 20, but you'd be getting the 20, and I'd be getting the 80. <laughs> All right. Let me get a break in. We'll come back with uh, some final thoughts and your tweets coming up on the Glenn Beck Program. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. soundtrack is available at glenbeck.com at least that's what the crew here told me i really like that song i've only bring that up but i may have to go get a copy of it or can someone just uh, steal me a copy of it i'm not sure i want to buy it great but if you want it glenbeck.com that's awesome uh it's doc thompson in for glenn today uh some final tweets to get through here uh clint tweeting at doc thompson show couldn't handle delivering the mail listen to me clint you're right i couldn't I'm soft. I know that. I blah, blah, blah. I get it. And you're right. Now, my criticism of the post office, again, is not the people, is not the delivery. I was actually curious why people, why this keeps happening, why people keep destroying the mail. My criticism of the post office, not the people. Okay, some of the people. I mean, when I was a kid, you go in the post office, they were all dressed professional. Some of the times they had the shorts on and the whatever. It was like Cliffy Clavin, right? Now I see them, you know, dressed kind of slovenly and whatever. But regardless, it's just failed now. Most of the mail is just an advertising vehicle. We don't need it. And they have a monopoly on first class. And you say, well, how are you going to deliver a mail for cheap or whatever? You can't. You can't even do it at the post office for that because they're in debt. So it's failed. Let's slowly phase it out. I don't want you to lose your job. We'll do it slowly. Make it go away. We can do it over the next 10 years. Fine. And anybody under the age of... 35 at this point does not go to the post office. You just do not go. You don't buy stamps. You don't mail stuff. Uh, let's see. Ken tweeting at Doc Thompson Show and at Cal79, who's in New York, KAL79. I'm kind of shocked porn isn't one of the top search things on the Internet. Okay, Ken, you're right. You have made me just call BS on that. I'm going to call BS on myself. You mean to tell me that all of the things we just said, porn or some specific porn isn't one of the top okay maybe it's you know that now the only way it is not one of the most searched things is because people are real specific like they're not just searching porn or sex it's like left-handed midgets from south america that want like really specific i mean we've had porn so long people are likely more specific Maybe we'll explore this more tomorrow or perhaps just move on towards the holidays. I'll be pinching again tomorrow on this program. Please join me tomorrow morning on the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury.